Readers. readers. I'm Bryn. I'm Chris. And I'm Alice. And this is PH Drunk. This is the first episode of our new weekly-ish podcast where we, three literature scholars, drink to excess and discuss classic works of literature. So basically our regular lives, but with a microphone. Here, here. In the grand tradition of many of our literary foremothers, we are using pseudonyms for this podcast because we are academics and would like to maybe not light all our chances of getting jobs that pay actual money on fire, even though they probably already are. Since this is our first episode, why don't we introduce ourselves? Hey, my name's Bryn. I study sex and British literature, haha, of the 18th century, and today I'm drinking local craft beer. It's super delicious. Highly recommend. I'm Ellis. I study political women writers in the 19th century, and I was drinking mimosas, but I've since moved on to Henry's Sparkling Seltzer, because low-cal and get me drunk. We're not sponsored, but Henry's, if you'd like to sponsor us, we would definitely <laughs> we take We will you take on. your money! We wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> we're poor. Give us your money. <laughs> we're graduate students, y'all. Of course we're poor. <laughs> I'm Chris, and I study long 19th century periodicals and reform movements, and I'm drinking milk stouts because lactation. Some academics lactate. Get over it. Here, <laughs> here. In today's episode, we're discussing Fanny Hill. Uh, it's called um, Memoirs of a Woman of Pleasure by John Clellan. It's my pick. I'm Bryn. And so, obviously, I'm going to start with an erotic novel. It's the first erotic novel, and it's published in the 18th century, and it's super on-brand. So, are you ready? We're doing segments. Ooh. In our first segment, do you want to tell us a little bit about the author and publication history and general significance? Like, when was when was this published, and under what circumstances? Uh, this is Fanny Hill, and it was published in 1750. The author is John Clellan. Fanny Hill is the nickname because she's the main character, um... But that's what we all call it, so I'm going to call it Fanny Hill, um, which is an obvious pun because Fanny in British slang means vagina and hill. I mean, obviously, we're just going to make lots of puns about hills today. This is my hill to die on. <laughs> it's by John Clellan. <laughs> <laughs> it took it a second for him. Oh, we, 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 we got it. it. We got it. We got it. It's written by John Clellan. He was in debtor's prison at the time, and so he made some money eventually and got out of debtor's prison, and then he tried to distance himself and say that maybe he didn't write Fanny Hill, or maybe he was sad or sorry that he wrote Fanny Hill. No <laughs> one bought it. <laughs> well, no a lot of people it. bought Fanny Hill, but yes. no one bought that No he one bought his story. It. No, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the only thing we remember him for now, so. You're welcome, John. I mean, it's the only thing we want to remember him for anyway. I mean, who wants to read anything that's not the first erotic novel in British literature? So, for our first segment, we are calling it the Super Fast Tiny Plot Summary. Um, All of our segment names are up for debate for a while, so if you have any suggestions uh, and, like, a little bit more brain space than we do, uh, tweet us at phdrunkpodcast, and we might consider naming a segment after you. Because, like, we literally can only be so clever. I mean, I mean, we're no, very clever. We're, you should but... be, like, so grateful that we share this with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're welcome. Everyone should be grateful. Segment we're names so are, like, below us so hang on <laughs> Yes. I mean, indeed And the they only are. thing we're willing to relinquish control of is maybe. <laughs> Possibly. I mean, the vetting so process is very serious. We're going to need a full... Beer. <laughs> Bottle no. of Jameson. 
person would like a uh, multiple page CV, <laughs> a statement of uh, purpose, uh, your research plan, your and teaching philosophy. Your... <laughs> please, no, fuck that. We just want to follow Jameson, and at least five references. No way. Thank you. The references should all be bottles of Jameson. <laughs> yeah. Also, I will settle for one to seven bottles of Jameson. <laughs> anyway, for our first super fast tiny plot summary. Okay, I had to write it down so I didn't mess it up. This is a short novel about a young woman whose parents die, sad, and she goes to London <laughs> and accidentally becomes a prostitute. As you do. I mean, I guess as you do. She falls in love, surprise, then, then has sex with a bunch of people, wow. and somehow gets a happy ending. Pun intended! <laughs> well done. Well so done, Brynn, so for giving us a tiny plot summary very quickly. Our second segment is where we discuss... Uh, you select literary themes. Yes, it's called themes for days because we have them for days. Themes on themes on themes. Themes on themes on themes. Um, that should be our segment intro song. Themes on themes on themes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll do that. Not too much sex. <laughs> the victory. No, that's why we are. That's why we have show notes is so that we don't just like talk about penises the entire time. I was going to talk about penises. The I mean, I said time. the entire time. I mean, I was going. to... It's fine. Let's talk about peepholes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which are not, not at all related to penises. Not at all, except we use the peepholes to, to look see at, at the penises. penises. <laughs> to see at the penises. Yes. Okay. To see a little a little people context here. <laughs> um, when Fanny becomes a prostitute accidentally, she is uh, educated about sex by uh, an older sex worker and they look through these peepholes in the bod house together and watch different sex workers doing their jobs with different clients and there's a lot of descriptions of the different positions and the things that young fanny sees and how it arouses her peepholes they're exciting you watch exciting things happen through the peepholes peepholes themselves are an exciting action of voyeurism right you spy on people. Um, in this particular case, this is a erotic novel. You watch the sex happen. So I found some examples. One of them is on, if you're using the Oxford World's Classics Edition, on page 24. She says she goes into the closet, the dark closet. Um, where I had, um, this is Fanny Hill, so it's, it's, I'm not hiding in dark closets. Fanny is hiding in dark <laughs> closets. I had not, I mean, I guess I could hide in dark closets, but it, oh, hasn't, closet door. it hasn't been a practice of mine. I prefer to be out of the closet. Um, okay, so Fanny had not been half an hour resting on the maid's settle bed before I heard a rustling in the bedchamber, separated from the closet by only two sash doors, before the glasses of which were drawn two yellow damask curtains, but not so close as to exclude the full view of the room from any person in the closet. I instantly crept softly and posted myself so that seeing everything minutely, I could not myself be seen. And who should come in but the venerable Mother Abbess herself? It's a nunnery joke, handed in by a tall, brawny, young horse grenadier, molded in the Hercules style. In fine, the choice of the most experienced dame that is a pun in those affairs in all of London. She watches, she watches these people have, have the sex. I do quite enjoy the description of the young horse brigadier as uh, molded in a Herculean fashion because they're definitely talking about this joke. 
Yeah, well, later it's called, um, he is called Her Sturdy Stallion. Her Sturdy Stallion had now unbuttoned and produced naked, stiff, and erect that wonderful machine which I had never seen before. <laughs> yeah. And which, for the interest of my own seat of pleasure, her seat of pleasure, <laughs> began to take furiously in it. I stared at it with all the eyes I had. How many eyes does she have? How many eyes does she have? I, don't, I assumed it was two, but she says all the eyes. However, my senses were too much flurried, too much concentered in that now burning spot of mine, she means her G-spot, to observe anything more than, in general, the make and turn of that instrument from which the instinct of nature, yet more than all I had heard of it, now strongly informed me I was to expect that supreme pleasure which she had placed in the meeting of those parts so admirably fitted for each other. It's a machine. <laughs> it's well, apparently like machine. a sturdy stallion machine. There's a lot about the fact that the pleasure of sex is natural, even for women, which in the 18th century is a commendable thing. Good job, John Folland. Ellis, you look a little concerned. It's just like a whole lot of sex for me. I don't like to talk about all this. Ellis is our resident prude. I'm um, not a prude. I guarantee I'm tinkering with <laughs> all y'all bitches in my bedroom. No, and she just I likes the sexual tension. I'm a lady in the streets and a yes. freak in the sheets, bitch. You are. I acknowledge <laughs> We're going to leave that you. in despite the possible copyright infringement. Oh, whatever. That's okay. But then we're leaving it in. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Fanny wants to leave it in. She mm. wants to get it in. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so back to the voyeurism peephole thing. Alex, what is your what is your take on voyeurism? Do you like peepholes? I do you think like a peephole. I would like to be the person being peeped upon. Oh, <laughs> look at you. You want to be the subject of the voyeurism. The, well, girl, I always like to be the star of every show. So. <laughs> she is type A wing seven needs to be on display. On display, on display. <laughs> um, on display is Melissa Gorga from Real Housewives of New Jersey's main like song. So you're welcome. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. I, mean, I, I feel I appreciate that knowledge that you added to my life. Trash Bravo television. <laughs> I'm sorry for you, but I am eternally, on display I am is eternally a grateful for the insight that Ellis gives me into modern pop culture. Thank you. On display is a gem, and if you disagree, you're entitled to your wrong opinion. That is all. What's the quote from Workaholics? If you don't want to date me, that's fine. Like, I get it, but you're wrong and I hate you. I mean, it's fair. It's fair. That's how I feel about lots of things in life. Back to voyeurism and people. I think. It's still about voyeurism and people. Sure. I think that the just like visuality of it all is one of my favorite things about Fanny Hill. There's a lot of like who is doing the looking, usually a woman, usually Fanny Hill, and who is being looked upon. Um, more experienced women. Yeah. And they're sturdy stallions. Yeah, but I like that it's like a flip of the male gaze. It is. Even though John Cullen is a man, it is interesting to me that his erotic novel is told from the perspective of a woman who very much enjoys sex and is very sex positive. I think that that's a, an interesting take. There's a lot of moments where the I like the woman looks at men and men's machines and sturdy stallions and shit 
and it's it is a, very much like Ella said a reversal of the traditional male gaze like I think it's empowering somewhat empowering I don't know I um I think Fanny is also sexualized without her consent at least at first and so for her to be aggressively sexualized feels weird and so when I say accidental prostitute what I mean is that she goes to a job it's like a service house it's like a a room that you go in and you hope to get a job. You hope somebody else has come in also looking for someone to work and then you put in your name to be taken as a lady's maid or a servant in the house or an upper scullery maid if you're new to service. So she goes to the service house, she tries to get a job, she sees a woman sitting there who's wearing these over-the-top clothes but Fanny doesn't know they're over-the-top. So that's red flag number one that Fanny misses. And then the woman says that she'll take her back to her house and treat her as a cousin which is red flag number two. You don't treat your servants like cousins. And then um, she takes her back to the house and she sets her up with fine clothes. I mean, who doesn't like some good clothes? But Fanny doesn't see that they're not actually good clothes. They're like secondhand repaired, washed in milk lace. Like they're not like the best, but she thinks they're great. And then she tries to set her up with a dude and she Fanny gets so scared that she clamps her thighs shut and the dude runs away crying and screaming, which is actually fairly entertaining. We like when dudes run away screaming. It's our whole aesthetic. <laughs> it's pretty much our entire <laughs> We're coming to that, though. Um, so she ends up an accidental prostitute, and then she looks through all these peepholes. And y'all, okay, we should tell you that um, if you choose to read this book, you should perhaps read it with a sexual partner nearby, or you should read it with a very critical eye, because the euphemisms are outrageous. Um, we're, I'm going to call, I made up a segment. I made it up. It's called a euphemistic quickie, but it's actually a quickie that uses euphemisms. It's not a euphemism for a quickie. There's one in here. Um, I have to tell you some of these euphemisms. Um, she says, there, setting her on his knee and gliding one hand over the surface of that smooth, polished, snow-white skin of hers, which now doubly shone with a dew-bright luster. I want my skin to shine with a dew-bright luster. And presented to the touch something like what one would imagine an animated ivory, especially in those ruby-nippled globes, which the touch is so fond of and delights to make love to. With the other, he was lusciously exploring the sweet secret of nature, that's her vulva, in order to make room for a stately piece of machinery that Ooh, stood- machines again. Machines again, that stood upreared between her thighs as she continued sitting on his lap and pressed hard for instant admission. Ellis looks super uncomfortable. But I thought you should know about the euphemisms. There's so many of them. The, not um, all of them machine-related. Not all, no. I just happened to find a couple that were machine-related. But it's up here. A dualist on the next page. The lover's knot. Uh, tender, friendly, faint. They're talking about a vagina. <gasps> yeah. They never There's actually so call them penises and vaginas. No. But the wealth creative, descriptive names for genitalia in this book is truly a gift. Open mouth gape? That's a euphemism? Mm-hmm. What's Ursula, like, the lab-headed serpent or some shit? <laughs> I don't know. There's a whole bushwashing scene, you guys. Yes. There's a whole bushwash. She, like, conditions it and fluffs it up and makes Sends it look it nice. Perfumes. She does. She uses a perfume. Her bush is well-maintained. Yes. I mean, everybody likes a well-maintained bush, though, I guess. Bushes should be whatever you want them to be. Cleanliness is key. 
<laughs> Hashtag cleanliness is key. <laughs> Hashtag well-maintained bushes. <laughs> Should stick that on a mug. Prune your bushes. <laughs> prune, prune thy bushes. Pruneth thy bushes, wenches. Segment three. Character analysis. But make it fashion. Hashtag fashion. I gotta talk about Fanny Hill and her happy ending. Okay. This, this bitch. This bitch gets an education because she meets an old dude that lets her read from his library. She gets a fortune because said old dude only lives like a year after she starts sexing him. And then he leaves her his entire fortune. And guess how old she is. How old is Everybody she? guess. How old do you think she's been with all these sexual adventures? I'll tell you. Uh, she says, I saw myself then in the full bloom and pride of youth. For I was not yet 19. Jesus Christ. Actually, at the head of so large a fortune. Fuck at the her. head of a fortune. As it would have been even the height of impudence. She says that, not height. Height of impudence in me to have raised my wishes much more than my hopes to. She, she, this bitch is 18. She is 18. And she's had a lot of sex. No pregnancies. She net well. She never birthed a child. And, and she talks about herself as pure. She, like, wears white and straw hats and thinks that she's the shit. Which, I mean, kind of, she's she is kind of the shit. I mean, she's not wrong, though. I mean, first of all, she's 18. She gold-dug her way to a fortune. Good job, girl. She, like, took care of her reproductive rights, however she decided to do that. And she... Like, why Why shouldn't she consider herself pure? She thinks of herself as, like, I did what I had to do to earn a dollar. Purity is a myth and also subjective. Um, so basically it was just, like, a fucking bullshit thing created to, like, control women. And Fanny Hill is like, fuck you. Like, I can what define... I, I can define... You can define purity however you want. The church and the patriarchy has chosen to define it as, like, virginal women, but they got shit all to say about men, so, like, they can do whatever the fuck they want and be fine, but somehow women are expected to remain a pure, quote-unquote, and yeah. by whose standards? Charles and, like, the fuck out to the South Seas, and then just, like, comes back and expects to get a nice wife. And what was he up to? Nobody knows, but exactly. he lost all his money. Sowing well, his motherfucking wild oats is what he was up to. Yeah, but God forbid a fucking woman do it. Yes. Be- okay, so let's well, actually let's unpack this purity myth a little bit more her. because I think it's like a really important subject. So women Do you must- mean that not everybody spends as much time with books as we do? Oh. I, I do mean that. But I also I'm just like getting fired up, so <laughs> I wanna like vent a little bit. Um so women have to remain like, pure, untouched, have no sexual experience or knowledge, like, they're not even supposed to know about, like, sex and vaginas or whatever. I don't know, that's the 19th century, though. Like, in the 18th century, we know about these things. Have y'all watched the Hulu show Harlots? Fine. They know about them, but they're not supposed to know. Okay. Yeah, in the 19th century, we're not supposed to know, but also, if you're not good at it, then your man can cheat on you, and it's totally fine because you're not good at sexing him. So, there's this double standard. Women are supposed to be, like, pure in scare quotes, but men are expected to sow their wild oats to just do, you know, boys will be boys, and insert all metaphors for men behaving badly here, but being excused by it because of hashtag the patriarchy. Hashtag the penis. Ugh, it's absurd. But here's my question. I have a penis, it's fine. I have a couple of just, like, logistical questions. If boys need to be boys and sow their wild oats, who are they going to sow them with? 
either or other boys on Fanny Hill women or Fanny's Hill. <laughs> or either other boys, which is not allowed at all. The Fanny with the hill. or other women. So the purity myth, like there is inherent within the purity myth, is this idea that like. We are just going to basically sacrifice a certain number of young women and make them social pariahs mm-hmm. on purpose so that boys can be boys. And then we're going to have a select few women, generally white wealthy women, just calling it out, who are allowed to be pure and they get the benefits of society in order to keep the power within the hands of those boys. That is some motherfucking bullshit. And when Fanny says that she is still pure, I say, all the power to you, girl. I, mean, I think we should also know that, like, later on in the 19th century, the Contagious Diseases Acts happened because, not because we're actually worried about, like, women and their health conditions, but because we're worried about how that can negatively affect men who want to bone. Like, sorry, you don't want to die of syphilis? I Stop putting your penis in shit. I mean... That should be and on a fucking you, t-shirt. Stop you, putting your penis in shit. Do you not want to deal with sex workers who are, like, unhealthy? Maybe, one, don't force women to have literally no other option at certain points in their lives. And, two, maybe, like, I don't know, allow them health care so that they can take care of themselves and then not give syphilis to their johns? Like, I don't know. Just saying. There are other options. Um, but, basically, it went from your little, like, 18th century to our little 19th century to like all the way to goddamn today and not a fucking thing's changed the end. <laughs> I will step down from my soapbox now. No, don't step down. Stay up on the soapbox. Stay up on the soapbox. Stay up on the sex soapbox. Women, sex workers are humans. They deserve to have respect and be treated well and have like right to health care and like they should not be shamed while men are excused to the end. Yes. Caveat sex workers of all genders are humans. Well, yeah. Yes. That's what I meant. But in the 18th century, stop putting your penis in shit. Yes. <laughs> okay, wait. Like, 18th century and 19th century, sex workers weren't so much men. They were just like, because men could just like have romantic No, no, but there were definitely, no, there were definitely male sex workers. Where are they? Where, where, where are not the novel. That's what like I'm saying. people in a Hallmark Christmas movie. They don't do we it. We do it now. There's only one. There was okay. a whole thing. Fanny ends up with 
her love. Yes. Her first love, the one she was with before she had all the sex. Unburdened by unwanted children, with an education and a fortune, and her whole fabulous life ahead of her. She's fucking 18. She did all this before she was fucking 18. So, all the power to you, girl. She was fucking 18. (laughs) (laughs) At the same time! So, shout out to Fanny Hill for living all of our best dreams. Living your best life, girl. Get it, girl. Do it. Should we give them final grades? I think should we, we should. Give them final grades? Okay, I'm going to go first since it was my choice. I give this book an A plus for euphemistic sex and euphemistic optimism. There's just so many euphemisms. I'm on board. We like it. We like a good euphemism here at the Astro. So I give it a B minus because it's like just not my jam. And there's a lot of porn without plot. And I appreciate that in a fanfic, but this isn't about Mulder and Scully. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just not going to work for me. Not enough tension for Ellis. There's zero tension. It's just lots of sex. Zero tension, lots of action. I like some build-up, some foreplay. Like, I mean, who doesn't, If I don't get at least, like, nine years of longing before, like, (laughs) things happen, then it's just not gonna work for me. (laughs) She had, like, two years total of of action in here. She did all this shit in, like, three years. That's why it gets a B minus. <laughs> I'd like to interject here and say that this podcast is not sponsored by Nine Years of Longing, but if Nine Years of Longing would like to sponsor us, we would accept. <laughs> I literally was thinking, like, is this a company? How do I find them? Do you want Nine Years of Longing? Speak to your partner now. They could give you Nine Years of Longing for the low, low price of buying us Nine Years of Beer. <laughs> For the low, low price of seven cats, no children, and really dusty knickers. Dusty knickers. Chris, uh, your turn. Yeah. So far it has an A plus and a B minus. This is a lot mine, of great disparity. Mine is a B plus because oh no. it's right funny, sexy. Alright, mine's a B plus because it's funny, sexy, but you have to be in the mood for it, if you know what I mean. Much like that. Right in the middle. So we got a B minus, a B plus. <laughs> Alice is looking doubtful. What, okay. like, does that put us at, like, a B, like, a nine, like, an 89? 89? No. Oh, poor book with an 89. I know. That's terrible, probably, though. Yeah, wait, are we getting, okay. <laughs> We're gonna give it an 89. Sorry. 89? No. 87? We're at 85. What? No. It's so good, though. She gives like, this. Okay, we're cutting out all of this, like, us debating over it. No. Not cutting it out. <laughs> fanny deserves more for her fanny. All right, readers, why don't you guys tell us what we should give uh, Fanny a hill? You can read it in, like, two days. Also, Although I don't recommend that. Memoirs of a Woman of Pleasure. Yeah. It's also called Memoirs of a Tweet Woman Tweet us with your pleasure. grades, and we'll perhaps, but probably not, remember to revise this, because, you know, we have... We things. won't revise it, but we can post about it on We could do a whole media. other episode about Fanny and her hills. We probably won't. Be Ellis won't like it. She'll feel very uncomfortable the whole time. But we could do it. <laughs> uh, so there's that. Uh, many thanks to all of you for listening and for drinking with us today, which we hope you were. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at at phdrunkpodcast.com. You can also go over to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash phdrunkpodcast 
to buy us drinks so that we can keep drowning our hashtag existential despair. And thanks, as always, to Anchor for helping us make this podcast thing, even though we're technologically challenged. Join us next week as we discuss Ellis's first choice, Salome of the Tenements. That's it for us. So, books down, bottoms, bottoms up. up. Bye-bye.